Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 89. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever thought that you'd like to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply overjoyed to introduce my guest today, Scott Dinsmore. Scott, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready, man. This is going to be fun. All right. Scott is the founder of Live Your Legend and the creator of How to Connect with Anyone. He's a 30-year-old entrepreneur, coach, and speaker obsessed with adventure, life experiments, and learning. His mission is to change the world by helping people find what they're passionate about and build a career around it. Giving Fire Nation a little overview, Scott, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, how old you are, where you're from, and then take another minute, give us an overview of your business. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, John. And uh, I, let's see, I mean, that's a... That's a pretty broad question, but I am in San Francisco right now, and that's where I spend most of my time. I, I uh, grew up around here and lived in Santa Barbara for a while as well, which is where I kind of got my entrepreneurial start down there in that pretty neat little startup community. But I've uh, been up here for a while. I spent a lot of time trying to get around and explore the world with my wife, Chelsea, as well, uh, as often as we can. We have a little trip to Thailand coming up here in a, a couple months, which should be a blast. Very uh, cool. It, as it turns out, we might get into this, but that's probably been the most useful single practice for me to kind of think of big ideas and, and, and look at the world differently is to get out away from my normal environment. But uh, so anyway, that's a, a lot of fun just trying to enjoy things in the city in San Francisco. And then yeah, I'm 30 and been at this building Live Your Legend, I guess, informally for like six years, although for for four years, it grew by exactly 0%. And we, <laughs> might talk, we might talk about this, but it was just my my wife and my mother and father pretty much were paying attention to it. And then uh, a few neat things happened where it got pretty exciting pretty fast and we were able to get a message out and help people. But really the goal is that, I mean, what, 80% of people don't like the work they do and it's just a tragedy. Like imagine if that statistic was turned on its head and most people were inspired by how they spent their time. Like how would they treat people differently? How much more innovation would there be? I mean, how could things change? And, and that's what we're working on doing I think – the tools now more than anything or any time in the past uh, are, are so readily available to, to really build, I think, just about anything into a career. And it's, it's just wild. I mean, there's, there's an example of anything you can imagine, whether it, you want to you know, start a job uh, or create a business around knitting. I mean, you can find someone who brings in eight figures knitting every year. I mean, it's just, it's wild. So I'm just, it blows my mind. It's so fun to be in this space and kind of facilitate and help people create these things because it's so doable. Now, you talk about the 80-20 rule. I also heard there's a rumor that you have an 80% rate where when you sit down with somebody for lunch, 80% of those people end up quitting their job. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I like that you saw that. So that's how I kind of got into this space. Like I had a miserable job out of, out of college, this Fortune 500 uh, company in San Francisco, which the kind of job you can be proud of. And the only problem was I just I wanted to slam my head through the keyboard. Like I just wasn't happy. <laughs> it just, I just, I, it was very obvious that like I wasn't having an impact. I wasn't using any of my strengths, my talents. And 
I even had conversations with my boss and he, he knew too. It's like, okay, this probably isn't the best fit. And I quit to go find something I could screw up. That's how I put it because I so badly just wanted to have an impact of some sort. And, and then I went through this process learning about myself, what got me excited, what really I was meant to do. And as I did that, more and more people asked for help. And like, Scott, you know, I don't really like my job. Can we have, have lunch? And I, it got to a point where literally, yeah, after within two months of us meeting, like 80% of people were quitting their job. And it wasn't really because I had some like magic thing I was doing. I was just mainly asking one simple question, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And, and so often the answer would be, because I'm supposed to, because someone told me to, because I'm following this path. This is the dream, right? And the American, the American way of doing it, that kind of thing. And it just, they kind of realized, wait, let's start thinking for ourselves a little bit. And then once that idea is in your head, it's, it's impossible to get it out. And then it's just a matter of time before you, you look for something different. I love that insight, and I'm really looking forward to delving more into that later in the interview. But before we do, Scott, we always start every show off at Entrepreneur on Fire with a success quote. Let's get that motivational ball rolling. What do you have for us today? All right. It's, it's impossible for me to give you one. I have two, but they're related. Perfect. So the first one is Mahatma Gandhi, and it's first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And I, I think it's when you look at Gandhi's life now, you know, he was a lawyer or a, a recovering lawyer, as I've heard it said by uh, some folks in the legal space, but <laughs> he, um, he was called to a greater cause. And, and you see with anything that is done in history, everything was impossible until somebody did it. You know, whether it's Roger Bannister running the four minute mile or Tesla and electricity or Wright Brothers and, and Power Man Flight, everyone said people were just crazy and stupid for thinking differently until all of a sudden, it becomes reality and then it becomes accepted and it becomes normal. And it's unfortunate that that's the process you go through, but I think it's reassuring that if people aren't jumping on your ideas or, or they're even trying to put them down, a lot of times that's an indication that what you're doing actually matters. So that quote, I, I read it and look at it every day. And, and then we talk about you know things were impossible until somebody did it. Well, that comes to probably my all-time favorite and most powerful quote by Jim Rohn. It's it says, you are the average of the five people you spend most time with. And there is no bigger life hack in the history of the world, of all the work and research and reading that I've done than this quote, than those five people or those, those few people that are in your corner that you're around on a day-to-day basis. Because, I mean, they can, the people you surround yourself with can either bring you down or they can, they can inspire possibility. And so few people embrace the fact that that is 100% in our control. Like no one can tell you you can't hang around inspiring people and no one can tell you you have to hang around people who pull you down. But a lot of us a lot of us just take it as as just a fact of life who who our surroundings are. So and and that's really what caused changing those surroundings is what caused my business to be stagnant for 4 years, 0% growth to all of a sudden grow by 10x in 6 months and 160x in in the next year. Because I just all of a sudden started hanging around people who showed me that it was possible. That I call it brainwashing the impossible. The fastest way to do something you don't think can be done is to hang around people already doing it. The people who consider it as normal everyday th- things. And then all of a sudden your standards just go up to a new level without even having to try. Just because of the people you're around. And I love your analogies about the impossible with the four minute mile and things along those lines. And my favorite analogy has always been when Henry Ford went to his engineers and said, I want you to create an eight-cylinder engine. And they said, respectfully, Mr. Ford, that is impossible. He said, 
Okay, I understand that. Go do it. Six months later, they came back. Mr. Ford, it can't be done. Okay, I respect that. Go back and do it. And this happened four or five iterations, literally over the course of years. Finally, they came back, a major breakthrough. They obviously, they made it happen. And then Ford just looked at him and he goes, so I thought this wasn't possible. And obviously, they had nothing to say back to him. I mean, it's just that dogged persistence of beating the odds and making possible the impossible. And I just love that theme. And let's use that, Scott, to transition to our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges or obstacles that seem like they can't be overcome, but you keep doing it and you keep striving and we do overcome these obstacles and these challenges and these failures. Take Fire Nation back to some point in your journey when you failed, when you just came against this obstacle that you didn't know if you'd be able to overcome it and share with us how you did overcome this obstacle, Scott. Uh, I guess the, the most relevant example is just as I was building Live Your Legend, which before then was called Reading Fear Success. And it was a, a mainly a personal development book review site I had started because I had read this book by Scott Fox called um, Internet Riches. And I had just quit my job and it said you could start a website without knowing any code. And I said, I don't believe that, but I want to try and prove myself wrong. So I hacked together this terribly hideous looking website, which... <laughs> I was very proud of it at the time, but now I look back on the screenshots and I can't believe it, but it was, it was mine. I was so proud of it. And I was, you know, just kind of doing this as a 5% project. And this was when it literally just wasn't growing at all. And I was about to shut it down after four years. And just cause I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I, I wanted to get this message out. I wanted to help people on this topic, but no one was listening. And, you know, I don't know if anyone else, any of the listeners have had this situation where you have a an idea or a passion or a hobby that you so desperately want to call a business, but nobody's paying attention and it doesn't make a dime. And that, that's kind of where I was. I'm like, okay, we got to call a spade a spade here. But right around that time is when I moved to San Francisco and I started to meet dozens of people who were supporting these unbelievable lifestyles with their blogs and their websites and these online tools that were helping people in genuine ways and allowing these people, the entrepreneurs, to lead these great lifestyles. And one friend of mine supports a family of eight with his blog that he writes on like twice a week. I mean, it's just, this stuff blew my mind because I just didn't even know this whole industry and this whole space existed. So I couldn't even really dream there because I, I didn't even, my, my mind hadn't been there. But as soon as I started hanging around these people, that's when things started to go kind of vertical with the business. But I think the only reason that happened is my thinking shifted from four years of, you know, I, I don't know anybody in this space. I don't know anyone with a blog. I didn't even know what a blog was. I, I, apparently, that's what I had, but I didn't know that was what it was called. And my thinking went from how could I possibly do this to all of a sudden, how could I possibly not? Because everyone around me is doing it, and it's totally normal. And so that, I mean, it's just like you want to run a marathon, don't hang out with people who just sit around and drink beer every day. I mean, hang around with people who run 10 miles before they start their day, and all of a sudden, you'll be like, wait, why couldn't I do that? Or watch... <laughs> Go to a marathon finish line and watch how many people, the shapes and sizes of, and ages of people who finish under four hours. If that won't motivate you to get your ass running, I don't know what will. It's crazy to see the people doing the things you thought couldn't be done. That is so true. And that just goes back to your initial quote with Jim Rohn about surrounding yourself with the right people. And that is just such valuable information. And I was in a very similar place as you. I mean, I'm 32 years old. We're pretty close in age. And I think four years ago, I thought a blog was like a bad horror movie or something. I mean, I had no idea. And it's just interesting to see how that revelation happens 
over the years to to where we are now and to what we think and how we breathe every single day. And it's just so inspiring. And Scott, let's use that and transition now into the next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. You shared with us challenges that you had to overcome. Now share with us an aha moment when this lightning bulb just went off and you said, wow, this is going to resonate well. This is what I'm meant to do. This is my passion. And then how did you turn that light bulb moment into success? I had been for a long time just feeling like this is such an important topic of getting people to do work that they really enjoyed that I think could really change individuals, but also then as a result, change the people around them. It could just ripple in this wild way. And so that had been in me for a long time, really ever since my dad gave me a copy of What Colors Your Parachute uh, by Dick Bowles, who actually happens to be from our hometown, who we got to know. And, and the book's been in print for like 41 years. And it just kind of showed me that doing work you love is a right. If, if you can, if you want to take the time and, and do the research and the discovery on yourself and, and have the right surroundings that you know, are in your control. But as I, I guess, as I saw these people doing it, I, and these different like, online businesses and things like that, I saw, okay, this is a great platform to really share this message. Cause at first I'm having lunch with people and you only have so many lunches with folks, you know, or even like a, a year or two ago, I was doing one-on-one coaching with people and that's fantastic. And it's really, exciting, rewarding, and helpful for people, but you can only do that with so many people. So I wanted to get this message out on a, on a larger scale, and I, I really, I, I just want to change that to statistic of 80% of, of people not liking their work, to switch that on its head, and to do that, you can't do it one-on-one. You've got to create a community, and so I really wanted to build a movement at Live Your Legend that is not about Scott Dinsmore at all. It's about people coming together and feel like, like they're in a place where people believe what they believe, that they finally are they're encouraged and they're accepted and they're thinking of taking the road less traveled and doing things differently. Because if we can empower people and inspire people that it's possible and that they have a place they can go where they belong, you almost don't even need to show them the tools to, to make it happen. Because once people shift that in their head that they know it can be done, it's off to the races. Now, of course, at Live Your Legend, we also provide the tools and 95% of them are, are totally free to people because I, I think this is something everyone should have access to. But you... Uh, you create this community of people that, that feel comfortable and then, and then you just kind of watch it take its own shape. And it's been neat in the last year, probably alone, um, we've started to have people hosting Live Your Legend meetups all over the world in all different countries and just getting groups together to not you know, preach some, some certain message. It's more just like, listen, we're all here because we want to be intentional about doing things that matter to us and other people around us. And let's get together and hang out and see what happens. And it's just to see that happen has been really surreal. Scott, have you had an I've made it moment? Interesting. I actually think I had that like a few months ago. And it was a wild experience. I was out walking around uh, the Palace of Fine Arts, which is near our house in San Francisco, this gorgeous lake and building. And um, I just, we just launched our most recent flagship course called How to Connect with Anyone, which was really designed to get people to create those surroundings that make the impossible possible. And it's this very intensive, in-depth course with a bunch of, we have all kinds of videos and, and experts and things and all this stuff. And I just worked my, my face off for like six months building this thing. It really felt like the work I could not do. And it almost, <laughs> I feel like it almost killed me. I was working so hard on it, but it was, it felt so good. We launched it. We had this, it, it sold out and people were getting awesome results. And I had just given this TEDx talk in San Francisco and I just, it started to feel where I saw all these uh, all over the world, these, like I was saying, these meetups happening with that, that had nothing to do 
with me. I wasn't there facilitating them. And I just had this realization like, wow, like we have a base here that I think at this point, this movement becoming something meaningful to people is inevitable. And not, not that, oh, we're done. Like, let's, let's go to the beach. Like, no, like there's plenty of hard, important, you know, big work ahead. But now it's like, we're in a spot where if we just keep building that and, and keep that snowball rolling, I, I see it inevitable that we're going to build something to magnitudes this size in terms of the people that end up becoming a part of this movement and, and really do things positive for themselves. I love the question about, have you had an I've made a moment? Because every entrepreneur answers it differently. Some entrepreneurs seem to have I've made a moments every single day. Others swear they will never have one until the day that they die because they just feel like that'll denote the end of the journey. I mean, for me, it is about the journey. It's about these milestones that you're hitting. And it just seems that you are enjoying the journey, Scott, that you are hitting these milestones and you're really taking a step back and breathing in and enjoying your surroundings and everything that you've created. What are your thoughts about the journey? I was actually just having a, a conversation with a, a good buddy of mine, uh, Leo Babauta. He has that, that Zen Habits, uh, familiar. And he, uh, we're having tea in San Francisco talking about because he's kind of all about this goal-free living way of life. And for me, it's still hard to adjust the idea of, of not having goals. And I think it's more of like a semantic thing. But the point is like, it's, it can be, you got to be careful. If you have these big goals and all you're focused on is hitting these huge goals. You might totally forget about how cool it is to be in the process of hitting the goals. And also all kinds of neat things could come up that you could miss if you're only focused on this one thing. So yeah, it, I mean, that's the coolest thing about this. When you're doing things that excite you, um, it's every, every bit of it, every email you get or every you know, card in the mail that says thank you or shares a success story. I mean, all that stuff is, is what it's about. And yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the things to, that are most easy to track are things like, who knows, revenue or like uh, subscriber numbers or you know, website traffic growth, which you know, are, are good indicators of things, but it's not nearly as important as knowing that somebody is now doing work that inspires them because of the work that you've done. And, and that happens just day to day that no one can really see it directly, but you got to be, you got to be listening and soaking it in. So Scott, our next topic is about your current business or just what's going on in your life. That's really exciting you right now. Before I ask you that question, I want to ask a question that I just know that fire nation will get a lot out of on your website. You have a blog post about your TEDx talk and the title of that blog post is how to get invited to speak at TEDx and get 40,174 views in five days. Can you take Fire Nation through that blog post audibly and just share with us your insights on that? Absolutely. So that, <laughs> that's been a very exciting last week or so since that really only went live about 10 days ago and it's got some neat traction. But and, and the reason it's so exciting that it's gotten traction is it's a message that I, I believe can really help and, and change people. But I wrote this because it's, it's so easy for people to look at somebody that does something that is noteworthy or that they're maybe it's like a, a, something they're very proud of. Like I'd wanted to give a, a talk like this. And they say, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know, Scott's got this big following. There's a lot of people in his corner. Of course, I got a ton of views really fast. And of course, he got invited to speak. And I think it's easy for people that maybe are just getting started to dismiss uh, things that have happened to, to people who have maybe been around longer and just say, oh, well, that happened to them, but it's not going to happen to me type of thing. And just kind of give that as their excuse not to do the work. So really what this article was, I stepped through 
everything that I saw that's gone on really since three years ago when I first learned about the TED community and, and the steps that have gone through to really make it happen that I, that I got chosen to, to speak at this thing and, and how it happened. It seems like very coincidental, but there, were, there must be 25 steps that I pulled out and different things that have gone on. And even after I went live, I spent probably 30 hours sending notes to people that I know, not saying, hey, please just share this, but hey, listen, it's a talk I'm proud of. If you think it can help people, I'd love for you to spread the word. And, and so it, it didn't go, go live and just go, just go off to the races. Like, not at all. Like, I spent a lot of time. I bet I spent more time than, than most anyone has to, to get the word out about something like that. But it's because I saw this unbelievable 80-20 relationship that of all the things I've worked on, this is probably one of the, maybe the best opportunity for me to spend a few days and some hard work to maybe get a message out that can help people for, for years to come. So that's the point. I think just not to dismiss or to realize the things that you can control and, and to control everything that's in your control and then be okay with the stuff that you know you have to leave up to chance. That's really powerful insight. And on this blog post, you really talk about the last three years and just different steps that you took. Can you just go through that real quickly right now for Fire Nation, exactly the process that you took to see this dream become a fruition? Yeah. So simply put, I got exposed to TED a few years back. I fell in love with it immediately. I mean, these talks were unbelievable. So I was watching on my iPad almost every day on the yeah. way to work with us and just inspired. And I remember writing down a, like a 10 year stretch goal. Like I would love to give a talk to a TED related at a TED related event, because what that meant to me is that I was seen as some type of an expert. Like I knew something well enough because they don't just, you know, have anyone speak at those things. And, and it was just kind of a fun way to put that. So I, Wrote that down and then I just kept listening and I kept, I ended up meeting a, a number of people just through friends of friends, through going to different events and surrounding myself with people who inspired me. I ended up meeting someone who was the founder of TEDx San Francisco. We became friends and, and then, you know, one thing after the next, a, a year or so later, I'd talked, spoken at a couple events. One was her dinner party and, and then uh, one of them from the dinner party introduced me to people who had this TEDx Golden Gate Park, which is another TEDx group in San Francisco, introduced me and they said, hey, um, Scott, you should speak at this. Well, they had already had their speakers, you know, a, a year in advance or something or nine months in advance, but I was going to go as a participant. And then they ended up calling me like six days before and said, Hey, we've seen your, your talks. We, we actually had someone bail out. We'd love for you to be the alternate. Like, could you step in? And actually I was the wow. second. Alternate. Someone had already bailed out two weeks before and they said, Scott, could you be our second alternate just in case? And I said, okay. And, and then six days before they asked me and I thought, wow, like I actually almost, said no because we were launching how to connect with anyone the two two days before the talk and I just knew how crazy launches can be and I knew how crazy it would be to prepare for one of these talks but I just thought you know there um there are certain things that go on that if you have a shot at them you you should do it and and this one I, I decided it was was one of those so um said yes and then but to me I approached it I think in a different way than maybe some some might something like this you know it was last minute I thought okay the goal could be let's just get through this. I'm, I'm obviously very scared. I mean, I'm, I'm excited and, and all this and inspired by it, but I'm also very nervous. This is a serious venue. And I could just say, okay, the goal is to get through this without looking like an idiot. But I thought instead, <laughs> well, I want to create a talk that I think is worthy or that is most as in my power as possible to be worthy of being a part of the, the main TED community that, that you know, tells a message that's very succinct with stories, just everything. And I'd watched 
hundreds of talks. So I've seen people who've done this. And so I just, I went to town without being my goal. And of course I can't, I can only can control so much, but I decided to control what I could. And then I you know, gave the talk and then, which was a, a total party. It was a ton of fun. And then really went to work on how can we best, you know, get this out to the world. And I love how you phrased it. Your nerves completely evaporated and your passion took over when you stepped up on stage. That was just a very powerful statement. <laughs> Thank you. It, uh, it's wild for me. Like I, I love giving talks. It's, it's really fun, really energizing, but man, the preparation is, is not quite as fun. I, I get pretty nervous and things, but right when I stand on stage then it's more like, all right, here we are. Like this is going to be fun. And then it's a, it, it really is a total blast. Great stuff, Scott. So you have so many exciting things going on. You just had that launch. You have TED Talks one week ago. It was just a lot of great traction from that. What's one thing that's really exciting you right now looking forward? To feel like I have a, a handle on understanding like how to really build this movement and give people the power to, to build it on their own, in their own towns, in their own communities, and to really spread that out. And so I, and I knowing that we have a set of tools that is directly in line with that. A lot of a lot of them being free tools and then a couple ones that are more in-depth paid courses like this how to connect with anyone course that that I, I really think I mean there's no bigger like, indication of being able to do work you love or accomplish big goals than those people who are in your corner. And so to be able to help people build that, I think it have a oh, just a wild ripple effect. I mean if we start getting people to understand how to create their surroundings and then they teach others and uh, it, can, it can create some real change. So those things combined for next year are, are super exciting. But, but most importantly, more than anything, is just to, to embrace it and just to have some fun and not be totally focused on you know, building, building, building and uh, relax a bit. You know, Spend some time in Thailand with my wife and do some of that. Thank you for sharing that with us, Scott. So we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. And you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like some pressure. Let's do it. (laughs) You're good at pressure. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Believing it was possible. I thought that was the kind of thing that, you know, the lucky few, you just heard of, you just read about the people who did that stuff. I didn't know how how doable it could be and how it doesn't need to be starting the next Facebook. It could be starting a business that makes, you know, $50,000 a year, which is, which can be great. And, and is, is, is so within your reach, you know, maybe you just become a consultant on a certain, on a certain topic, whatever it is, but just knowing that this is, this is something that's available to a lot of people. And, and, and certainly to me, if I, if I put my head down and, and get, find the right friends to inspire me. What is the best business advice you ever received? I'm going to keep banging the drum on this one. C- control your surroundings. Hang, if, if you're hanging around people who bring you down, you, you absolutely have to fire those, those toxic friends, as I say, and, and put your, surround yourself with people who inspire possibility. And it's, it is 100% in your control. I don't, I don't care if you want to build a business, lose 50 pounds, uh, find a wife. It, it just, it's all the same. Absolutely. Extricate yourself from that situation. If you could only choose two websites to obtain all the information you needed to succeed, Scott, what would they be and why? Wow, that's, that's a very good question. The first one that comes to mind to me is, it would need to be a website that is constantly growing and adding new content, and a lot, a lot are these days, but the TED website, I think, is huge because it, it allows you, even if you don't feel like you have people you can go have a beer with who 
bring it to that new level, at least you can, through your screen and through your iPad or whatever, you can have those surroundings and just see what's possible and just learn unbelievable things. So that's one for sure. And then, oh, it's so hard. I mean, you know, there's some different blogs and websites I, I pay close attention to, but I mean, possibly Wikipedia or something like that, whereas I don't, I don't spend a ton of time on Wikipedia, but if there was only a few sites left, I think that would probably have to be, be high up there. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? You know, I've tried Evernote a number of times, and I'm going to give it another shot, but um, I know that's just an example. Uh, but Things is the name of this app, and it's this to-do app that I've just has blown my mind. It syncs with my, my MacBook Air, my iPad, and my iPhone, and with the cloud, and it just, like, I just went through a my kind of hour and a half weekly planning process before I got on this call where I go through all the tasks that I thought of throughout ideas I throughout, thought of throughout last week, categorize them, think about what I'm going to pursue this week and kind of go through it. It's just been a fantastic system. And what is it? It was like 20 bucks or something. It's, it's been awesome. If you could recommend a book to fire nation, what would it be? Mm, got a book. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. So, Ooh, God, it's so hard. I give probably 20 copies of The Alchemist out every year. It's, uh, I mean, it's technically a fiction book, but I feel like it's almost like the four-hour work week, but in fiction form. And it's just about uh, this boy, Santiago, who goes on this quest to pursue his personal legend, and which is the, the work and the, the journey that he can't not pursue. That's just, it's all that, that he feels drawn to. And that's what I named Live Your Legend After was Santiago's journey. I read this book. Every year when I go international on a, on a trip, it's a very quick read. Uh, so for all you guys expecting a very focused, hardcore business book, maybe this will um, switch up your pattern a bit and get you to, uh, to enjoy something different. That will have as profound an effect as any other business book you've read. Couldn't agree more. And it's one of those books you can't not finish. You have to finish this book when you start it because it is such a nail biter. It really is. So Scott, this is the last question. It's my favorite it's kind of tricky, so take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Yeah, I would go out and see what new things existed that, that maybe didn't exist on, on earth and what the, the people who were building them and, and just learn as a result and just, just get, probably get obsessed pretty quickly with one or two different kind of areas of thinking or something that someone's built and then just, just get to work on, on kind of adding my own ideas to it and that kind of thing. I don't even know if you need any money, to be honest, but <laughs> that's the cool thing. It's like even $500 is like a lot to start a business. Like Live Your Legend costs like $67 or something to start. Scott, you've given us incredibly actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share with us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Indeed. Well, we got to hit the quote that you and I talked about beforehand, and this is my other, well, probably the most powerful career quote, and it's Warren Buffett. Uh, yes. It says, uh, Taking a job just to build up a resume is like saving up sex for old age. <laughs> I love it. Of course, the most brilliant investor of, of our time, of course, has the best career quote as well. And you really think about that. It's just like the time is short. Like there's no sense in just doing things 
because you think they're going to get you someplace else. Because first of all, you never end up getting there anyway, no matter what there is. So just do the things that matter to you right now, and that's going to give you way more experience and better results and all these things than, than trying to build a resume. So that, uh, I live by that as, as, as a daily practice. And how can we find you? Find me at liveyourlegend.net is where the community and our, our movement really lives. And then uh, we have actually a, a passionate work toolkit, which is totally free to the folks who decide to join the community and subscribe. It's got, uh, I mean, an, um, an unbelievable set of, of free tools that we've, we've put together, that including a, you know, how Warren Buffett plans his week and a, and a goal set in action workbook that I launch every year and just a bunch of different downloads to hopefully get you guys closer to doing the things that matter most. I want that. Uh, it's yours. Yes. Scott, thank you for being so generous with your time, your experience, your knowledge. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right, John, man. It's been an honor. Thank you. Okay, Fire Nation. Are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? You need to begin with a platform, and your platform is your website. I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.